Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. It's Sue Rose Minahan, and today is in the month of July, on the 10th, 2022. And our subject is going to be Chiron. Find your freedom. It revolves around several charts, and Chiron's a 50-and-a-half-year cycle. It Chiron was a mythology, the greatest healer and teacher. He taught the gods, yet, and he was a son of Saturn, the planet, you know, our planet, the one, the furthest out that we can see for so many years until finally Uranus was discovered. And he's a half man and half horse. That's what a centaur is. And he unfortunately was unable to heal a wound. We can discuss this later. And as a result, has a lot to do with our process of humanity of life and death. So this is time now for Planet Buzz. Focusing on planetary ecliptic orbital cycles and planetary pairs called synodic cycles connecting the planets at the same degree that begin our relationship, these are the members of Planet Buzz. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, founder of Talk Cosmos an evolutionary and eclectic astrologer and consultant, plus a certified color energy coach. I love investigating mythology's language, philosophizing esoteric fields of eternity, a perpetual student of life, seeing oneness of body, spirit of people, animals, and nature. I explore creative expression as an artist, a musician, and write abundantly poetry to stories and celebrate humanity's individuated co-creative life force experience. I'm Leslie Francis, host of my own podcast, Coloring Outside the Box, and official astrologer for Female First, an online British magazine. The author of the 2019 and 2020 Llewellyn Sunsign books, I am a professional astrologer, intuitive, and lecturer, both in my own country of Canada and internationally. My lifelong search to understand what it is to be human led me to develop my own approach to astrology, purpose-centered astrology. I passionately seek to support people in their greatest act of creativity, living life, through writing, consultations, and webinars. Creator of star cards, my own deck of oracle cards, I love talking and making people laugh. And I'm Dr. Laura Tutt. I work as a spiritually oriented psychological astrologer with students and clients around the world. As a counselor, writer, and educator, I love helping people recognize their inner strength, take advantage of auspicious moments, and navigate times of challenge with greater ease. On my own podcast, Mythic Sky Storytime, I discuss astrology, mythology, and actualizing our full potential. Holding a PhD in human science, my doctoral thesis, titled Guided by Celestial Light in a World of Artificial Illumination, explores the lived experience of contemporary Western astrologers. 
In addition to my astrological work, I have a course in personal mythology that explores the stories we carry from our ancestors and the impact those narratives have on our lives. And as the ancient hermetic code reveals, as below, so above, as above, so below. Hello. Hi, Leslie. Hi, Dr. Tab. Hi. Laura. Yes. It's good, good to be at that. It is. It is. Well, we have a subject here about Chiron, and I did bring up a little bit about his mythology and his essence, which we can continue. And we're going to, for our public, our audience that we're so grateful for and glad to have you here, um, also going to center on a couple of charts. There'll be the Roe Wade chart because in 1973, it's been 50 years and there were several, there's going to be three exact returns in that 15 and a half years. The first one was in April on the 17th. The next one is going to be um, in the fall and then next in October and then next February. Plus Canada, as far as the current events came to the rescue in some ways, I mean, I hope I'm saying that right, but that's how I think many of us felt because Canada president is it, no, pri- not president. Prime Minister. Prime Minister. Yes, yes, that's right. I'm thinking Prime Minister. Um, Trudeau had offered a helping hand. And it's interesting to look, which we have not, at Canada's chart. And we do have a, a, a bona fide representative of Canada here with <laughs> Leslie Francis. I don't know if I'm bona fide, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you are. I was looking at. Chiron in there's several books oh and so anyway that would be one of the the um, events that we talk about and then there's some other events Dr. Tad has a few events too that she really astutely has discovered with Watergate and Laura what's the other one well just looking Uh, at the cycle right if we're looking at a 50-year cycle and water the anniversary for Nixon resigning was like almost this two weeks a week or two before Roe v. Wade was overturned. So we're looking at really similar charts um, in terms of timing. And then just with its cycle, then 50 years prior, we're talking about the 1920s and throughout, at least in this country, you know, what was going on with the Great Depression. Um, So you mean the original Roe v. Wade decision not overturned, right? Yes, yes, the original decision. And what I find fascinating about that connecting is that right now we're definitely experiencing another presidential crisis with the January 6th event in court. Besides the fact that economically we're also experiencing some roller coaster, you could say we don't quite know where it's going but all we do and we don't so this these themes it does show and and really again with chiron i remember patricia wade she did a seems like i've mentioned this before maybe on another program because it was recent that she presented in washington state astrological um, association open to anybody there is with chiron in 
the theme repeats. It's not necessarily the same exact scenario, but it's that wound. And so it's a really... I mean, that's true to me with any outer planet return, right? You're the, even a Jupiter return, right? A Jupiter return that's every 12 years is going to have flavors of the one that was 12 years before. It's not going to be identical, but it may have similar tonality in some way, right? I think any return has that. Well, because the the theme is originally in the chart anyways, and there are so many, humans are very diverse, and so they can find lots of different ways to take the same energy and challenge themselves because, of course, life is about, well, for us anyways, life is about growth, right? I love it. And how much growing we've done or not between those returns <laughs> tends to change how that return is lived into. Perhaps we need to just jump into this first chart. Let's see what we, oh, I know what I have. Let's see. Um, Oh, I've already shared the screen. Excuse me. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, just to frame Chiron a little bit, part of what I, when I work with clients, right, Chiron is the wounded healer. And that's what's so deeply entrenched in, in the mythology of Chiron is being the wounded healer. And depending on where it falls and natally, right, some people have it as a more up front and center part of their personality, right? I, I almost always see people that are, you know, people in the medical field often have a Chiron sun or Chiron 10th house because they are wounded healers out in the world. It, it is a fascinating energy because it really, it's it orbits between, as we can see here, and these in different colors, and those that are listening to podcasts will try to explain briefly, but... It is in between Saturn and Uranus, but it crosses the orbit. That doesn't mean it bangs into Saturn, but it does cross that orbit of Saturn twice. So it's really taking that energy of our form, the matter that you could say that we all are, and transmuting it, connecting it like a bridge, like Barbara Hand Klaus says in her book, Chiron, the Rainbow Bridge, um, between the inner and outer planets. Because Uranus presents the outer planets. Well, and she does say about the Chiron return, which I think is very interesting, uh, is that it is a time in your life when you're going to choose to expand and to embrace life again, or are you going to choose to sort of, sort of, essentially sit on the couch and wait to die? Yeah. Will it? Will my story of 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 unable to heal oneself? I mean, in that sense that we're so gifted, but yet in our own self, unable to fulfill. But yet, through releasing that, almost like a psychological death, really, in a way, elevating to another purpose, we can offer to people to the world. Well, you know. Life is painful, it, you know, and and uh, whatever there is also a gift in, in whatever wound that is, and so if you understand what that gift is, then 
again, it speaks to me always of being able to use your life experiences in, in a way that where you can grow. Uh, it. Oh God, my brain just no. Went sideways. It's perfect. It, well, that's okay. That's what Aronis does. Aronis goes sideways. Thank you, and it spins backwards. I, I wanted. <laughs> You know, but here, as as uh, she says, pardon all the Oz, bridges death, Saturn, and life, Uranus. I'm going to go to the next slide here because Chiron, we don't need to keep all this, but people can read it a little bit. But it's keys to mastery. That's why I thought it was so great. I love how she says it's an ensoulment. That it's that embodiment of our highest essence that goes deep into oneself. I think maybe that's what you're picking up on. And, of course, Chiron teaches all the divination in that. So here we have our first chart of Roe versus Wade that was 1973 with a bi-wheel with its first return, which was April 17th, 2022. And I'll give the Pacifics for the podcast And that was at 8.23 a.m. East Coast. Can we just have a quick, uh, maybe it would be a good idea just to talk first about the symbology of Chiron in the U.S. natal chart. Oh, sure. Let's see. I think I have that there. I have Canada. Where do I have it? (laughs) Oh, you know what? Did I? I sure hope I... Oh, here we have our return, the USA Chiron return, which won't be until 2024. But it does show Chiron in our United States. Is that what you're speaking of? The United States chart yeah. at 20 in the degrees. Yeah, house and at 20 yes. degrees? Okay. Yes, 20 degrees Aries. Okay. So... Yeah, I mean, so looking, you know, if we look at Chiron as the wounded healer, then this is for the entire us right this is the wound that we carry as a nation and part of that is at our core identity because it's aries who are we and wounds around who we are yes right in the fourth go ahead yeah no well i was gonna say exactly it's the root of it as they say and the root is also our um intergenerational trauma, which I think is what Leslie had said in our little pre-chat, but also it, it is, yes, it's, it's a childhood. It's our roots of who we are. And well, and it is an um, opposition to the Saturn in the U S 10th. So that brings into the whole notion of, who's in charge, mm-hmm. it, it really speaks to, you know, I don't know if we realize it when we pick the theme for this, but this really, <laughs> this really does amplify that theme when you look at that Chiron opposed Saturn. And I haven't really looked a lot at the U.S. chart before. So, and I, a quick look at uh, the sun and cancer forms a T-square. Well, very true. I can't see degrees. Yeah. 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 You know, the gift here, and this is two years ahead, folks. We're in 2022. This is, you know, where we're finally, because it's an eight-year cycle in Aries for Chiron because it's so elliptical. 
you know, it's really long in Pisces and Aries. So at any rate, at this particular time, on all these factors are leading up, you could say to our identity and our roots and trying to correct or uh the errors, you know, our theory and practice. But I'm looking at the south node, the transiting south node at that time, which is very close to that Saturn that you're bringing up in the T-square and supposing so, Chiron. But, but, but here you see the polarization, mm-hmm. right? That, that So that it's not just the Pluto return that, that is challenging your country. It, it, it's also the Chiron return. Yes. Absolutely. And that's at the heart of it, I think. In other words, I think the Pluto return, in my estimation, is only the the forerunner to get our identities because that's what who who are you except for your identity? And we have a national identity. And it is about is it okay to be me? It's an Aries. And what about my roots? You know, they came from another country, they took over the land. They are for people. So, yeah, it's very appropriate. And here you'll notice that two years from now, of course, Pluto, who we're talking about this year having the return, if it's, um, it's in Aquarius, actually. So did you have something else somebody wants to think about, or shall we go back to... I mean, I, I, I mean it would get into a whole lot just about the U.S., but again, just thinking about that Chiron in Aries in the 4th, and that being where we come from, and just that in general, the idea of like traumatize people traumatize, right? And so unresolved trauma results in an unhealthy, toxic behavior. And so that's part of the opportunity, even at an individual level, when you have your own Chiron return, right? It's this, it's an opportunity to heal wounds, to it, they come up to be dealt with. Right. They don't come up just to make life really painful and hard and hard and have it like that it get ticked up to be even more difficult just for the sake of being difficult. Things get spotlit so they can be addressed. And so that's the double edged sword of like being in this time of the return for Roe v. Wade's passage and Watergate is like this that it's coinciding with the January 6th. Um, hearings that are happening in D.C., that it's this opportunity to revisit thematically things that were unresolved, incomplete 50 years ago and potentially heal. I mean, that that's yes. that gift of the Chiron, of Chiron being well, the wounded healer. Well, and if we take the freedom theme and, and understanding that apparently everybody that, 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 and, and I see some of the same thing uh, going on in Canada, partly because our, our uh, birth chart has areas rising. So uh, there's that whole notion of whose freedom are we talking about? Mm-hmm. And what's my definition of freedom? Is my definition of freedom all about what works for me? And I really don't, uh, and other people don't really factor into it. If I feel that I have a wound connected to my personal freedom. I mean, the whole stuff that happened during COVID is a perfect example of us trying, you know, something causing people to try to define what freedom is and coming up with very um, uh, tunnel vision versions of that. 
And that can and be I, part of the Aries archetype, right? Aries can have that I am single view tunnel vision, my freedom. It's not about your freedom. It's about me being free. Yeah. And I might say, too, that Eris has really involved a lot. Eris, E-R-I-S, the female warrior goddess, a sister to Mars, who we think of as the goddess of discord, but actually wants inclusivity because she was rejected and excluded and therefore at this famous party back before the Trojan War in mythology. So in other words, many voices need to be heard because she has been presently at 20, for a long time, she has a very long orbit, um, 24 degrees Aries. That's A-R-I-E-S, Aries, you know, the, the <laughs> archetypal sign. They get confused. But so in other words, and in that process of that transit has been intention squaring Pluto for five times since, uh, let me think, it was this year and last year that all together, that's a lot of times. So and so own, she wants more voices. Yes, go ahead. My only question is, how come Mars doesn't rule Discord? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Let's go to Canada. Or let's, let's see, where are we? I'm trying to navigate this. I'm a little bit... Um, Keep going. There it here's is. Canada, yeah. Speaking of Canada, without looking at the row... Wade, but there you go. Yes, an Aries rising. And your Chiron, your Chiron, Leslie, but the nation's Chiron is in the 12th house. Now that's decidedly different. And looking at Barbara's hand Clow's definition has everything to do with mysticism and the spiritual life that, but one needs to be trained in the divination. And it's so interesting, you were bringing up that Canada has distinctly tried to bring peace or rec reconciliation with the First Nation. Yeah, well, I mean, even just the different... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I would just say that, you know, like, for instance, I guess on a, a, during our Chiron return, this is when the residential school stuff really started to happen. Plus, there was uh, a federal inquiry into the deaths of so many Aboriginal women um, across the country. So, uh, and now, as I mentioned before, and of course we know in Canada, hockey is tantamount to a religion. <laughs> <laughs> like when I was growing up, it was hockey night in Canada on Saturday and it was church on Sunday. Anyway, um, that, you know, before all the hockey games now in Canada, we have a blessing of some kind from an Aboriginal elder before the game begins. It's a, a very public, uh, and maybe that has to do with, you know, that Neptune rulership of Pisces. My apologies to all the traditional astrologers out there. Um, Chiron coming up to transit that Neptune and mm -hmm. making public what can no longer be hidden. Right. It's for, so. Very powerful. Laura, what were you thinking? Um, if you could interject. Yeah, well, just along some of those no, lines. Yeah. And and in part, too, like, because it's the 12th house being so different than the fourth energetically in terms of where those wounds are. And even in relation to the, the language of 
the indigenous people on this continent prior to Europeans. First Nation versus like that's not used in the U.S. unless I know I love it. I just love conscious it, of that language. And yes. I mean, I have several friends in Canada who like it's so weird for them when they hear the word Native American because they only think of the Indigenous people as First Nation, right? Or wonder, less a specific tribe. I wonder if that's partly because of the Commonwealth and Australia has such a strong identity with um well it's not just the aborigines but it's in the maoris in new zealand are called the first you know it's it becomes a common definition i think that the peoples themselves say that so perhaps all the commonwealth begin to say this i'm not sure but what strikes me in this chart also is that canada the sun is also in the fourth house. You know, it it has it resonates very closely in another spectrum to the United States. We're both cancer countries, yet here Canada would think very much of their family in the fourth house. And then with the Aquarius, exactly conjunct is very much like our the United States moon in in Aquarius. I said Aranus, not Aquarius. I meant to say Aranus is conjunct. They're both at eight degrees. They're just separated by minutes. It would be what I'd call Kazini. Well, yeah. And so, but this, okay, so this is the, the chart for the official declaration. The actual passing of the British North America Act, which gave Canada its independence. This is why this chart is, is, you know, because as always, you know, in the U.S., you have, have a debate about which chart is, you know, yes. the chart of the Declaration of Independence. In Canada, it's a case of when, when, which chart should we look at? Do we look at the chart of the passing of the act? Well, this chart shows you that this is the, um, in my mind, the strongest chart, simply because this is a chart of independence. Sun conjunct mm-hmm. Uranus. And... Um, because uh, there was another chart, and that was the chart. So this is when the British North America Act became law, and then there was the actual announcement of that. And uh, but for me, because this is so symbolic, and we we get our own homeland, Sun and Uranus in the four thousands. It's ours now. You can't take it back. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm bringing this chart up. We have a few minutes before our break because Prime Minister Trudeau did extend for the Roe versus Wade uh, crisis here that people could come to Canada for abortions and support. And we haven't really looked at the Roe Wade chart in comparison to the United States, but it is quite telling here to see how series that looks like the question mark there that i've got the arrows you know it's the natal series of canada is in the eighth house and the transiting south node is conjuncted exactly Mm -hmm. the transiting series is within orb has just passed the natal venus which is also a very you know nurturing values and then of course there's also Uranus, transiting Uranus at 13, which is a, approaching, uh, they're both slower planets, Pluto, the, your natal Pluto. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Besides the fact of the 12th house, Chiron, that perhaps either of you want to mention. And the so Jupiter can, and transiting Jupiter conjunct the natal Chiron. Exactly. Plus, right. transiting Chiron is conjunct natal Neptune that you brought up, Leslie. So it's really transformative. It's nurturing. There's grief involved that's related. I know you'd mentioned, and we were aware in the news of the um, um, First Peoples. Is it First Peoples? What? How do First you Nation. define First, First Nations. Nations? Yeah, the deaths, many women. So that's been that was within the last half year at least, if not before too. All of this and well, the mass graves at the that's been going on for the last three to four years. Yeah, yeah. So and the what the real the mass graves that came out around the the forced yes, at the residential schools. schools. Yep, yep. Further, <laughs> further pain for us to. So actually. To Canada has already experienced, just to recap, at 26 degrees Pisces, your Chiron return, which you had already mentioned. So you're in the process of finding finding some resolution. Yes, and we will have some too. Well, it is just about that time to break away and come back. This is Planet Buzz on Cosmos July 10th and I'm with Dr. Laura Tad and Leslie Francis. We'll be back as we talk about Chiron. Find your freedom and see about the charts. So thank you. Stay tuned. We'll be back. we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. Currently, we are in the period of cancer. By leaving a cycle based on connecting mental communication to the external, the energy of cancer involves emotions, which create our personal story through our emotional associations and attachments. As a cardinal water sign that is nurturing, cancer needs to process emotions in one's own internal rhythm of cycles in order to complete an evolution. Most people go through the motions of living but are actually only existing. At some point, when the feeling of exhaustion or emptiness is loud enough, questions begin to arise. How do I begin to find my way back to myself? Who am I? How do I heal? These questions are crossroad points in a person's life. Come reset, relax, and rejuvenate to your best self on August 23rd and 24th. Start your journey of healing at this two-day virtual event focused on working with fear. Immerse yourself in meditation, color therapy, astrology, and much more. Presented by Padma Life Coaching with Marie O'Neill. You will receive items to support your energetic journey. Our practitioners are waiting to work with you. To learn more and to register, go to virtualhealingretreat.eventbrite.com. Don't wait. Register now. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to Dr. Nels Rasmussen at HealingMinistryForAnimals.com, we cover the world of animals. 
This week, July 17th, it's Behavior Training and Healing Sunday with me and talk with your animals or human loved ones on this side or the other and personal awareness coaching with Natasha Venter. Hope you can join us and plan to call in with your questions for either one of us or for a personal reading with Natasha. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. This is Dawn Glinsky from 6 O'Clock Astrology, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk 1150 AM, where we discuss the meaningfulness of our roots in the stars. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. I can't hear anything. No. Hear me? Laura? Yeah, now I can hear you. I, I think hear me. I'm not sure what's happening, but they're saying we have to unmute ourselves. Oh, I have I muted myself. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> In my earbuds that music is it's beautiful. It's... Okay, thank you so much. And I muted myself. Well, that was a good break and this is Back again. Hi, Laura, and hi, Leslie. I have a quote, George Washington, because Chiron, find your freedom. Liberty, he says, when it begins to take root, is a plant of rapid growth. So, and another one that I'd, uh, anyway, so yes, there we are. So, oh, well, Helen Keller, I'll add that one. I'm part of a group and found this. Alone, we can do so little. Helen Keller, who is the deaf and mute person who became a Nobel-winning author and lecturer amazingly throughout her life, she has said, alone, we can do so little. Together, we do so much. So as we look at Chiron, not just Chiron, it's Chiron. Now, we had Canada. Thank you, David. But let's go to the United States with Road Wade, shall we? With the first Chiron return. Let's see, what have I got? There's Canada. No, I want to. Okay, here we are. U.S. Natal Chart, July 4th, 1776, 510 p.m., Philadelphia. And This is the second one, not the one from April that was right before the leak. Oh, thank you. Okay, here we go. And so April 20th, 2024 was the first return at 1114. 
minutes and 45 seconds. That's the, that's the USA Chiron return. Oh, rats. It was the very was first chart this. that you showed us before the Canada one. Oh, okay. Well, what happens is this is, uh, okay, pardon here. There, Thank go. You. There we there are. <laughs> yeah. April 17th. That's right. Because there, it's all both in April. The Chiron return for the United States is April 20th, 24. Whereas this is April 17th. It's passed at 2022. Okay. 829 in the morning. There we be. And the biggest takeaway that I see from this, besides the fact that we're having our Pluto return, which we've discussed, is transiting Ceres, our inner dwarf planet that resides, well, resides, orbits between Mars and Jupiter, uh, that's conjunct our natal United States, natal Mars, a trigger point. I know Israel Ahosi, the president of the Astrological Lodge of London, has been on several talks this year, it's a wonderful talks, um, and he was bringing this point up. I think on the solstice, we did one on the 19th of June, that anything approaching our natal Gemini Mars at 21 degrees is a kind of a trigger point. Well, and thinking about, you know, for folks who don't know, each series is Demeter in Greek mythology, right? So she's very much tied to the mother archetype. And so that being so upfront and center when we're in this um, time of maybe that term being forcefully redefined, <laughs> um, you know, that could be part of what's coming up around this time with that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's just interesting timing and, and what needs to heal around what was not, it was such a fight to get to the point that we were at two weeks ago and what, you know, the double edge of things of, okay, but what could be done that could move things forward in a healing way, as opposed to just the trauma traumatic way. Right. And that release that, that this piece of, of freedom that we're talking about. Well, part of that in Chiron's story is when he is in the most agony, he ends up being released. He ends up being free. He has to give up his immortality, but he is released from that. And so there can be a piece with Chiron of what is it that we need to let go of in order to access our freedom. And it could be, if I might think, because it, this has been complete. Roe Wade is no longer in effect. It was based, as you, Laura, have brought up, on on uh, privacy. So really, it's been brought up that in the future, what could what needs to have is equality, the the, um, the for all. And there is an act there, but because I'm noticing, and it has been brought up too, that possibly throughout this family, I, I think it was Sam in the USA. Pluto return power talk that we did last week that brought up, or, or maybe it wasn't Sam. There were several people there, but Sam Reynolds, I'm referring to um, Justin, Elsie, and Marie O'Neill. And it was about the, the family aspects that possibly out of all of this, 
that family values will be supported more. It's a hopeful thought because I am realizing that since it's done and over, what nothing is in stone. I, I, there are going to be three more returns, and this has become a very big issue of rights. More rights are on the table. Who has the rights? And what voices are being heard and what you're presenting, which I think is very true. How are people going to be embraced? Because there are also some asteroids. Juno is with a strategist in the third house there in Aquarius down at the very bottom. Looks like a little sunflower. And then also we have Vesta, the hearth with the north node. So there have been voices that have been maybe that's the best ideal and I think, too, just thinking about the polarity point of Aries, if we're talking about what really would codify things is equanimity, well, that's Libra. That's the polarity of Aries. That's where we're needing to, and maybe the gift in the U.S. having Saturn and Libra, the healthiest expression of it is that actually being codified, that having structure and stability to it that Saturn could add to Libra versus Libra really being uncomfortable with rigidity, that it could create structure to fairness, structure to equanimity, potentially. Yes. I like that's this. like the I healthiest like possibility. I don't know that we'll get there, but that's a potentiality. Well, let's look at this next one. Now, that was Canada. We've discussed Canada because here it is with the second Roe versus Wade, which is October 27th. Now, this is just before elections. It's still before the last Pluto return for the Sibley chart that we recognize that's in December. But this is October 27th. Again in the well in the evening, eight thirty-one and forty-seven seconds PM. So here, as you can see, Pluto is nearing very closely to its return. And we also have Ceres opposite itself as a transit. It's moved from the seventh house up to in relationship to the ninth house of philosophy. Well, what this tells me is that Roe v. Wade will be a, a, a continue to be a, an issue throughout the course of this election. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Because you wouldn't see now, I mean, just because it's no longer um, law or a precedent, shall we say, doesn't the, the chart shows that it continues to be a, a theme um, and, and an issue. Good Lord, if my brain and my mouth can get together, it would be a good thing. No, I, I'm only thinking and listening at the same time. So so I, 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 so I think this is, so if, if, if people think that this is going to go away, it, it, it's not. And, 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 you know, in the end, who knows what role it's going to play in the election itself. Yeah, but this is within, what, a week? Yes, absolutely. The midterm elections. Um, you know, if that's a Thursday, so the following Tuesday, not even yep. a week, would be the midterms. Um, you know, so you're talking five days later. Um, yeah, and Mars, Mars right there. Almost a, we have a Mars return. We, you know, just on June. the other side of it. Um, yeah. So absolutely. I mean, I think 
there's lots of talk that that's that it's going to be it's always a hot button topic for elections in this country, but it's much, much, much more amplified than I think it's probably ever been in history. Exactly. Um, and for good purpose, I think, in the long run. In other words, I know people always, well, I don't know if people always, I, I try to get away from these huge generalization, but often it's brought up, when is something going to end? What is going to be resolved? We've been used to that kind of experience living. Now, since coronavirus, it's uncertain as to many things in the future. And I think more importantly, not using that as a basis, but that's been our experience is what I'm saying, is going back to Eris that is like Eris is that little, it looks like an arrow going down. And if you look at the Aries house, it happens to be in the fourth house in this chart, not far from our Chiron. And Eris wants all the voices. So this has been one way, I suppose, to get the extreme conservative, because I believe in this country, it has been the conservative uh, constituents that have been mobilized to work stealthily through making these changes. But we have now opportunities to hear all the voices. And as you say, hear them, we will <laughs> for some time, for years. Yeah. And I think, I mean, this, I think this period speaks to other crises in this country as well, right? It speaks to what's going on in education. It speaks to right here in Georgia, where they want to, you know, ban talking about racism, right? In Texas, they want to change the textbooks to remove the word slavery and replace it with involuntary relocation. Oh my what? goodness. So, That's yes. And the state of Texas publishes most of the textbooks for the country. I remember that. That came up about four years ago or something during... Yeah. yeah. So that's that's part of this. Who are we? Are we going to be accountable for the wounds we have caused as a nation? And to ourselves. I mean, we need let's see, what do I have for another chart? Maybe this is it. Yeah, I think so, because I think the next one is the third return, which is February 16th. There, Mars is still evident. It, Mars, you know, is going to be retrograde in Gemini, and it will have a three-year process of us to review the actions of our words, which might be the new warfare of the future since combat gets a little tense, quite tense, I'm speaking. I mean, it's extremely tense. But and Sirius is at the getting, top. Mm -hmm. I think the gift of that Mars in Gemini can be getting better with words because it's oh, I one love of it. The reasons that the Republicans in this country have had the success that they have is they're really good with languaging, of getting people to agree with them because of how they language things. So just, I mean, in regards to abortion, the phrase partial birth as opposed to second trimester. Yeah. Changes how many people are going to flip to your side. Right. And so changing, being more proactive, that Mars drive proactivity, how can we use language proactively in a constructive, inclusive way, as opposed to a dividing way, which is what it's often been used as. 
is how do we exclude people with language? But in the Gemini, how can we bring people together with language and the actions we take in relation to that? That's excellent. And Leslie, I can see you looking at this. And I will bring up, we have series, the archetype of the grief and finding that sustenance within ourselves, one could say, at the midheaven up at top, the question mark, and then besides Mars, which is approaching another return. But then we also have down at the very bot in the third house of our communication to support what you're saying, the transiting sun and Saturn exactly conjunct in Aquarius. This is the day after your birth. Well, anyway, <laughs> this is... Well, the 15th is my it's, birthday, but I know I'm this is the 16th. My soul return. <laughs> no, th yeah, this is next year. This is next year. But yeah, it is, I know. <laughs> and it's conjunct our moon. So it, there's a lot of emotional stories of redefinition. Well, or restrictions. More restrictions. Yeah, it takes extremes to get to a new platform sometimes. It's true. You know, it's. But, Mm -hmm. What were you going to say, Leslie? Well, I, you know, it's, you know, that there's a wealth of possibilities with any transit. And so it's not always easy to determine exactly what it could be. Although when we're talking about mundane astrology, the uh, things get a little narrower simply because we're talking about a country and its inhabitants as opposed to a single human being. But I did want to say that, you know, that as far as Chiron, the natal, U.S. Chiron and Aries is looking at what wounds do you create by seeking personal freedom? Like what is, 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 is freedom the same as uh, my, my friend uh, Stacy Simpson, who is an evolutionary astrologer who lives in Vancouver, was talking quite a bit of when we were talking about, you know, all the freedom stuff about coronavirus. And, and she said, are we talking about freedom or are we talking about individuality? Like, how do you define what the difference between those two things are? Because here's the deal. Whenever you make a, a decision, there are consequences. It doesn't matter any difference what decision it is. So we seem to live in a world where we, we want to make a decision without there being any particular consequences. And I, and I think that is part of that Chiron and Aries because it is, it, you know, and we've ha you guys have had that Mercury uh, opposed Pluto being triggered with Pluto return. So again, uh, people have become really polarized. And when we are trying to find our personal freedom, how do you exactly how, how do you define that? Like going right. back to the topic that we chose, how do you define personal freedom? I have been studying, and Liz Laurie had a thought here, but shall I add? Because I've been studying about the dwarf planets. New Zealand astrologer Alan Clay has his dwarf planet university, and he does a series of all these. And I've just finished Make Make, which is the Easter Island uh, god of of um, not rebirth, but of, of um, culture. That's what I'm trying to say, Be of culture. 
And what it is, and it happens to be right now, it's very slow in its transit. It happens to be at seven degrees Libra. And that's only five degrees from our natal 12 degrees. I mean, with a natal, with a planet, dwarf planets, of course, it gets tighter, but it is kind of an orb. And what Maki Make Make presents is this enterprise network of activity. And it's often in hidden. In fact, they, it had been part of the discovery of Pluto. It was visible, but nobody saw it. It was visible again when when other dwarf planets were found, and it, nobody saw it. So it wasn't discovered until, gosh, when was it? You but, mean we but, weren't ready to admit it to our consciousness. Yes, exactly. Thank you. And so what it is, is, is that it's a cultural, cultural, Culture, yes, not cultural, but a culture transformation of of it's what our culture is as a collective and and working with it. So to, that doesn't really answer your question, but it is in a sense this. It's a higher octave of Uranus, is what Alan Clay suggests, which is a higher octave of Mercury. So we're in this big drama transition you could say of many and because it's not just our nation here we've been talking about canada and of course well but i think culture too can be a town can be a neighborhood that neighborhoods have culture mm-hmm. a street within a neighborhood has a culture right and so in terms of what you were saying leslie like our individuality versus freedom like freedom to be freedom to what freedom to be yourself at whose cost or can you be free without imprisoning without somebody losing can you know that it's not a pie right but it's often thought of as a pie well i get this and then there's less for you and that tends to be how we perceive freedom in the west at any rate but here's the deal. I don't think you can have true freedom unless you're willing to be accountable for your actions. Mm-hmm. I because if you're not accountable, this. then you're yes. prisoning yourself because you refuse to be accountable. I think we've got to the core of this. We only have about a minute left here. And I really feel that asking this question is like, what do rights, what, do, what does it mean to be an individual? Because really, if you look at Chiron, Chiron had his wounds, but in the sense he gave up that sense of who he just was and gave to some, gave his gift to another. And that's what we need to do. We need to see that it, we're in a collaborative because power is when it, we collaborate that much stronger. I mean, it empowers more people. And I think it was influence too is... So there's there's possibility. Yes, Laura. <laughs> well, I think Go we're ahead. out of time. But no, yeah. we have about half a minute. Go ahead. Um, just building on what Leslie had said, right? That what is true freedom? What is that? You know, that for Chiron, it was being released from his physical form, right? So what is that release while still being incarnated look like? It could. I think that spiritual form, maybe we could get that music a little lower, but yes, it is that do, that embracing, a lot like Canada. We have spirit. We're not just alone. 
Well, as our full <laughs> person, thank you. <laughs> thank you, everybody. We'll see you in a month. Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.